Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, and this episode is sponsored by my Root Cause program. So if you have been struggling to get answers, are tired of guessing and want to get to the root cause of your symptoms, then make sure you go book a free 15-minute health chat and pick my brain on how you can do that. Today, I and we have the privilege of speaking to gorgeous Emily. So Emily is a client of mine and basically I like to say a younger version of myself and it makes me laugh every time I say that because I remember the day I spoke to you on the phone and I remember you telling me all the stuff that was going on and I was like, you are me. You literally are me. This is crazy. So today we're just going to chat a bit about Em's story, some of her struggles, um, where we're at in her healing journey, uh, things that she's overcome and sort of where she is heading next. I think it's nice to understand that there are people in the same shoes as you because I hear that every day and people resonate with me and my story but they forget that there are hundreds and thousands of other women who are struggling with the same stuff and I don't share enough of the women like literally I spoke to a lady yesterday who's identical to M and her story you're going to hear today but so many of you don't realize how many other women are struggling with these things so Thank you, Emily, for coming on the Empowered Hormones podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi. So exciting. So tell us a little bit about you. Age, I mean, I know these things, but the listeners don't age, what you do for work um, and some of the things you enjoy. Yeah, so I'm 26 years old. Um, I'm a paramedic, currently living in Bermagui on the far south coast of New South Wales. Um, only recently moved here from Sydney, actually, um, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Newey. Um, I was a full-time dancer after school for three years, um, and then I um, went off and taught dancing for a few years. Um, that was very a very competitive industry to be in. I didn't know you did that. Um, what dancing yeah. was it? You put it in here. It was ballet, yeah? Yeah, ballet. Yeah. So that's, um, I guess, a lot of my struggles started there. Um, but, yeah, then went on to study paramedics in Port Macquarie, did my first year on road there, moved to Sydney um, in the middle of COVID, and then, yeah, now here I am, love cooking, all things health. That's so with being in the ballet industry, so how young were you when you started ballet? Well, I left year 10, so I would have been, oh, when I started, I was yeah. like a real little kid. But when I started more serious, I would have probably been about 16. Yeah, okay. And the nature of dancing then is about being fine and small, like it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the weight, body shape, everything was slammed on us. So I was weighed every Friday. Wow. Um, yeah, so I guess a lot of my 
obsession with food and dieting and over-exercising sort of stemmed from that. Yeah. So yeah. do you still do ballet now? No, no. Since I started paramedics, I never went back. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Cause that's a huge change. So talk to us a little bit about that journey. So you started in ballet and you found that's when you're restricting food and you're trying to keep your body weight quite small and all those things. Did you have bloating and gut issues then as well? Or when did your gut stuff kind of start? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say I've never had a great digestive system, mm. um, but yeah, I was yo-yo dieting I would gain heaps of weight and then lose heaps of weight and restrict this and every sort of diet under the sun so I guess probably during that dancing time yeah Yeah. I would say so when I was probably like 16 it was really bad but I was so obsessed with what I looked like I never really took much note of it um were you eating healthy as well? Like were you, uh, you know, or were you kind of just binge eating, let's just say, on chips or stuff or were you actually obsessed? Because, you know, the whole health thing's an obsession as well. Like, I was like yeah. that for ages, like I've got to eat healthy. I cannot eat anything okay. other than health. Honestly, it dep- like probably when I first started full-time dancing, it was all healthy. But what I thought was healthy, so it was like nothing food, like Vitaweets with one slice of cheese and like, a banana for breakfast and you know broccoli and chicken for dinner yeah. so no. were you do you think you were really lean and underweight because just because of the eating but also was there the training aspect like how many hours on a week or hours in a day were you exercising or training as well yeah um it was actually weird I was never that slim like through it all like I'm probably still the slimmest now I mean I am recovering yeah but um yeah the slimmest I had been was just when I started on road as a paramedic actually so yeah why, but it was, yeah why it, would that be well um sorry it was, it was a lot of training with the dancing though so I'm guessing yeah. um yeah like gut stuff sort of started then but yeah. well it was it all sort of happened around the same time. I got engaged at the same time I started on road as a paramedic. Yeah. So with my wedding in the near future, yeah. as well as like working shift work, like working night hours, I didn't really know when to eat, what to eat. Um, my gut was getting really bad and I was seeing, I think I went and saw a dietitian at the point who basically diagnosed IBS. Um, And so then I just got obsessed with the low FODMAP diet. And that was basically when I started on road as a paramedic. Yeah. okay. That's when my big weight loss started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then your exercise habits. So when you started on the road as paramedic, did you have time to exercise much or it was purely just because you were eating so little? Yeah, I was... I would say exercise obsessed. Like it, it didn't matter how early I was going, um, like 12 hour shifts. I would start it. I would start work at 6.45. So I'd go to the like 5am gym class and then I'd go before night shift, like any, any chance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And was it more cardio based stuff? It wasn't um, just strength training. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been through it all. Like, yeah. <laughs> CrossFit, triathlons. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was F45. So, yeah, yeah, very high intensity all the time. So and- 
yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stress, um, I guess, just built up because I was in a new job. It was a, it's a stressful job. Mm. The wedding was, you know, being all planned. I was obsessed with the low FODMAP, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat out. I wouldn't let anyone else cook for me. I was like, nothing can have traces of onion, garlic, like anything. Um, but then there was sort of no end to it either. Like I thought the wedding was over. Once the wedding's over, I'll just eat normal. I'll put all my weight back on and I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then I moved to Sydney and that was in the middle of COVID, which just got even worse. Um, so then I – and gyms were closed, so I just got really into running. So then I was running every day, 15Ks around Sydney yeah. and still on the low FODMAP diet. So. Yeah. That's yeah. where I guess it got the worst. Just a recipe for disaster. So what age were you when you got your first period and then did you lose it? How long did you have it before you lost it again? Yeah, I mean, I because I was always a dancer, I would say my period came a little bit late. Yeah. Um, I don't know, 15, 16, I don't really yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. So but you did because I was wondering if you got it then because I was thinking if you're competitively dancing yeah. and, but then like you said your body weight wasn't as um small as it was maybe the last couple years so yeah. you didn't you know your body still probably had enough body fat to produce hormones and have and have a period yeah. well basically what I have decided happened um I went on the contraceptive pill oh yeah and I was on that for five years, like really good with it to it every day. You know, I never skipped. I was pretty good. Yeah. And then I came off it when I was about 21 yeah. and also went vegan around the same time. So I didn't really support my body in coming off the pill. Yeah. And then, yeah, so since then I just haven't had one period, not one drop of blood, nothing. So it's been a good five years. And yeah. then, yeah, just, I guess, all the supportive stuff that I probably should have done coming off the pill I didn't do. Yeah, and, I mean, we know and we know that amenorrhea, so for those who don't know what that is, that is missing, you know, generally it's more than three months. Like usually you miss three cycles and it's quite hard for people to identify the difference between post PCOS, sorry, get my words out, and um, hypothalamic amenorrhea. So what you and me struggled with was hypothalamic amenorrhea. You know, you've had five years of no periods. I had the seven years of no periods, whereas PCOS is driven by just background for people, higher androgens. Um, usually there's some insulin resistance. It can be post-pill PCOS. PCOS. It can be inflammatory-driven PCOS, but you will have irregular periods like you might get one every two three four months and then maybe you know another 30 days and then 60 days like they're really irregular but it's not years without a period where hypothalamic amenorrhea is different in the sense that your body goes we're not safe we don't have the resources the hypothalamus stops talking to the pituitary stops talking to the ovaries and said, you're not going to have a period. I'm not sending out the hormones you need to ovulate because right now we're running from a bear. We are not trying to repopulate. So we don't need progesterone. We don't need estrogen. We don't need any of that. That's so far up the pyramid when right now I just need energy and I just need to get energy to my essential organs first. So, you know, your body's just got enough energy to sort of provide for them. So, yeah, we see when women exercise a lot or have low body fat percentage and you often see it when women track like their body fat percentage as 
that goes up. Sometimes you get your period back. But the other thing is stress is such a massive one. Like I found for years when I put on a bit of body fat and like you've said, it's such a mental headspace thing as well, but I didn't get my period back till I actually dealt with the stress of work as well. So I think for you, definitely exercise is a factor. Food is a factor. But do you find you deal with a lot of stress in your job as well? Yeah, um, I think stress has been probably my biggest thing. Like even since I got off the period with dancing, uni, starting a new um, career, but even just the last like 12 months um, moving to Sydney during COVID, like we were starting to get on top of my gut stuff, but I just knew like there was no way my stress could be reduced in that environment with um, like working as a paramedic yeah. in COVID in Sydney. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So let's take one step back to your gut stuff. What was the biggest thing you struggled with with when it came to your gut? Because we know that obviously food was one thing, so you're on the low FODMAP diet and you talk about briefly about gut issues. What did those gut issues look like or feel like for you? Um, definitely bloating and constipation. Yeah. Like, um, I, I would never go at work, so that was always at least four days a week that I would just not go to the bathroom like, yeah would, yeah yeah my biggest thing like I just I couldn't even go out like couldn't I didn't want to go out I didn't want to see people yeah yeah horrible yep. It's really, it's really, really hard. And like I said to you, I literally spoke to a girl yesterday, the same thing. And she's like, oh, Sheridan, I'm lucky if I'm going once a week. And if, yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, unless I'm taking laxatives every day, but she said that's so uncomfortable and, you know, I can up the fiber, but she said that hurts my gut. So we know that Regular bowel movements are, you know, are really, really critical and important for estrogen detoxification and pushing all the crap out of our body in a sense as well. So getting those regular bowel movements, so there's a phase of different things there that we kind of had to address with you. And one is what's growing in the gut, so what's actually going on in there. Two, are we getting enough fibre in? Like, you know, because I knew that you were eating healthy, but if we're simply under eating in calories, we don't have enough energy to have a bowel movement and we don't have anything to push through our bowels in a sense either. So there's that that combination of things, but the bloating, the bloating's a little bit more complex than that because then that, yeah, usually is parasites or bacteria or yeast or candida and stuff going on in the gut. So there's kind of that multifaceted approach. Did you find that a low FODMAP diet helped you? Is that why you stuck to it for so many years? Honestly, it did. Like leading up to my wedding, I felt... Yeah, I mean, it, it did. I was having less bloating and more regular bowel movements. Yeah. But, like, it was only creating the whole, it was only making the whole thing worse because I was just restricting so many foods that obviously when I reintroduced those, I was going to feel worse. So, like, that's why I grew such a fear around coming off the low FODMAP because any time I ate any of those things again, I was, like, just backed up for days. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And talk to me about the vegan vegetarianism and how you felt going shivers. Maybe I do need to add in a few more animal products. Was that hard and how are you going with that process? Because I know that's been a massive thing for you as well. Yeah, I would say that would be my biggest hurdle in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I had spoken to so many different um 
clinicians and every everything but I, I guess it wasn't really until I sat down with you and you sort of more explained because you were like if you want to stay vegan you know I'm not like I'm still going to help you but you were sort of like these are the reasons like these are the things we need to support and you sort of like said a few things that I could just start with um like the bone broth the oysters yeah. like the, um easily digestible meats and that sort of thing and I was like look, I'll just give it a go. So, and then you had a podcast with another woman that was amazing and she was vegan as well, but she, how did she put it? She said that yes, she went. that's Nutritionally Ellie, Nutritionally Ellie, um, whatever her, yeah, her name is. Yeah, I'll have to tag her in. Yeah, the um, therapeutic doses, like while you're healing, yeah, therapeutic. It's like, it's, it's, I guess it's just like taking medicines. Like, yes, or, you know, you or a, a round of antibiotics. Like you take it while you're sick. You like you support yourself, yeah. and then I'll be able yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. When you when women get their periods back and they can have and they can absorb a range of nutrients from different foods, it's different than if you're deficient in a lot of your zinc, a lot of your magnesium, a lot of your B vitamins, a lot of those healing healthy fats it's really hard to get what you need just from plant foods alone like people can do it but it it can be so tricky I was just honestly at the point where I was like I've tried everything like (laughs) that's the one thing I just haven't given a go so I was like I'll I'll do it yeah yeah so chat a little bit about the exercise aspect and how that's changed over the last six seven eight nine months that we've worked together and what you've changed with your exercise and some of the struggles you've had around that yeah um so I was I when we met I was at the running stage so I was just running every single day um and then I was sneaking in some f45 cardio on like online because it was all covid and I knew I, I was so stressed as it was. And then I knew that I was just waking up and stressing myself even more. Um, but I guess I wasn't really thinking about the effects on my body as such. Um, but, yeah, then after speaking with you, I I was like, okay, I'll not do exercise. <laughs> Fine, I'll try. Um, so I got into walking and yoga and it took, it, it took a little, like, honestly, it took a while for me to actually stop altogether. I was still going for a couple of runs um, every so often. But, yeah, now I'm at the point where I, I won't, I don't feel guilty if I wake up and just have breakfast. You know, I don't have to wake up and then earn breakfast. Yes. You know? yes like, yes. it's, um, yeah, I've only just sort of started with that mindset, which has just been it's 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 so unlike me I grew up going to the gym like I just I'm pretty sure Kitty or someone posted that the other day someone posted where they said you don't and maybe it was Libby you don't earn your breakfast you earn your exercise so in a sense if yeah you you have to eat because your basal metabolic rate is say like 1600 calories a day or whatever it is you know what I mean like so you've got to eat up to 2000 if you want to then have the energy to exercise it's not yeah yeah. and we're so and the thing is you're absolutely stunning you're gorgeous for anyone who does turn around and stalk you she is beautiful yet you know we we have this mindset of I've you know I've I've got to stay thin or I've got to you know exercise a lot because I want to be healthy and I want to be fit and I want to stay at a certain body weight and you know like and like you said you you grown up or you've conditioned yourself and I was exactly saying that it's got to be exercise first thing in the morning or I've got to get so many steps in for some women or I've got to get you know we put all these checklists in place 
And I would just base a good day off whether or not I had exercised. Yes. Like if, I, if I'd been lazy, I was like, no, nah, had the worst day ever. Don't want to talk about it. We'll start again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the food thing. Yeah. The food thing's huge. Like if you say had a piece of cake or had something, you might feel like you then need to exercise more or, mm. you know, or, or we need to eat less because we haven't exercised. Yeah. Or, oh, well, I just won't eat breakfast tomorrow like that. Mm. <laughs> I've eaten cake, so I just won't eat breakfast tomorrow. That's fine. Yes, 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 exactly. So oh, I'm so proud of you because you've transitioned so much of that. And I remember when you're in that transitioning stage, you're kind of like, I'm adding some walks in, but I'm still running. And I'm like, yep, yep, you'll get there because it is, it's, there is, we don't go cold turkey on these things, you know, like it's it's hard to go, I'm just stopping it all because the reality is you will lose muscle mass generally if you stop exercising a lot or you will put on a little bit of body fat or, you know, your body is going to change. You'll lose some of that cardio fitness. But we've got to learn to go, that's okay because I'm not actually an athlete as mm. well. You know what I mean? Like, and we don't see ourselves as athletes. So we don't feed ourselves as athletes, even though if you're running, you know, even if it was a couple times a week, you, you're maintaining a base level of fitness that needs those extra carbohydrates or you just burn through muscle. And we want you to have muscle because we want you to be yeah. strong and we want a good basal metabolic rate so you can eat more food and you can feel good rather than being tired, depleted and having no period, which is a sign of your body's in survival mode. I think I was, I was saying it to you, like it was honestly just redefining in my brain what healthy was because I spent my whole life being told, oh, you need to lose weight. And honestly, I, w- I wasn't a slim child. Like you need to lose weight, lose weight to be a dancer. You need to be this, you need to look this way. Um, you need to eat these foods exercise as much as you can and then all of a sudden everyone's like wow you're so skinny you need to put on weight you like you need to eat I mean exercise less and I was like it's what (laughs) what my brain is not coping like I can't do that so it's honestly just been me and like I journal a lot as well and just write down like I have wrote down redefining what I thought healthy was and just making sure I stick to that yeah, yeah, which is so important because you're a young female and if you ever wanted to have babies, you've got to think about, well, I need to be ovulating. But aside from that as well, just having a period is a sign of health. It's in that book, The Fifth Vital Sign. It is your fifth vital sign. And it took me years. Like I've only just started having regular periods because I realized that stress was such a big trigger. And I just thought it was exercise and food. Turns out it's not. Work stress will do it too. Um, But going, hey, I need progesterone because one, I want to be horny. Two, I want, I want that libido. I don't want to be flatlining all the time. Like, But yeah. I also want great skin and I want energy. And now I see around ovulation, I'm like, I can exercise as hard as I want because I have so much energy. You ask my housemate and I'm like, buddy, four <laughs> yes. every day and I go to bed at like 10 p.m. and I feel amazing. And then it comes around my period and I just slow everything down because you kind of flatline a bit. But you have these shifts and, yeah, it's hard or you get mood swings or whatever but your body's I literally just ovulated and it's a freaking full moon and I'm like can I get any more in sync with nature right now like this is insane and I've never had that before so your body yeah you just realize that hey I can ebb and flow but those 
some people call them healing pounds or healing kilos or whatever, but there is a stage. Like for me, it was that six to nine months of just backing off everything, mm-hmm. removing stress, removing those triggers, removing those things, exactly like what you're doing, doing the stool testing, working on your gut health, working on your diet, working on your stress, all that stuff that you're doing has made, you know, is making such a big difference. And now as we kind of look forward and go, okay, What's the next couple months look like for Emily? And we're like, let's get her freaking period back. <laughs> yes, I know, exactly. So Even all those things, like I obviously want to have kids pretty soon because I'm, I'm married now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just knowing where I am in a cycle, like sometimes I have the worst days and I'm like, well, I could try and relate this to my cycle, but I've, I don't know. I just yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah. So moving forward, yeah, for you, definitely there's there's still work to be done, but also thinking going, wow, look how far you've come, look how far your gut's come, look how far your mental health has come, which is a massive one. And that that shift in that trigger, like I'm like, flip, I'm so bloody proud of you. Like it's just, it's such a big thing. And the the acceptance and like you said, that redefining health are such big big aspects as well so yeah for anyone listening what would your advice be to them if they're struggling with missing periods or gut stuff what should they do where should they start what would you say if you could look back and tell yourself um wow I mean probably like to look at it holistically like it's never going to just be that one thing like there's not any magic pill or anything um and just to create I don't know, I guess your own space and stop like looking at what other people are doing, unless they're like you <laughs> or me. Um, because I, yeah, I mean, it's a big one to gain weight and you're gaining weight to be healthy and to be where you need to be. And that's just because what that's what you need in your life right now. It doesn't matter about what people are going to say or think or, you know, you're not going to change who you are. So, yeah, I don't know, holistically, yeah. um, don't ever just, ah, no, don't worry. Um, I, I loved your words that you wrote yesterday. And you're like, I'd seen so many people and I was so tired of guessing and I was just ready to get to the root cause. And I just love that you resonated with that, which is such a strong message of mine. And, uh, you know, for anyone listening, do think about that and think about, look what Em's done and how far she's come by going, I'm going to make that commitment to my health and to my body do some, you know, different testing and and understand what's going on and listen to my body and do that stuff. But also I want to thank you so much for coming on today because what you've done is you've pulled back the curtains behind this gorgeous girl. If anyone saw you on Instagram or Facebook, they'd be like, she's beautiful. She's got her life together. She's slim and she's wonderful and she's this and she's intelligent. And she is, don't get me wrong, but talking about you in third person here, but behind that, there's all these struggles as well. And I see that every single day. I see these beautiful women, they'll contact me on Instagram. They're like, Sheridan, can you help me I struggle with xyz I will stalk you if you message me I will stalk you I will look at your profile and I'll be like this is crazy this girl's gorgeous and she's got all these symptoms and the scary thing is and I was saying this to my housemate last night is that people don't get that privilege unless you work in the industry that I'm in you will look at If I gave you a list of 10 of my clients, you will look at their Instagram profiles and you'll look at their social media and you'll look at what they're doing and you'll be like, wow, their life's all sorted. But 
Exactly. It's not true. And that's the scary thing is that we need to really talk about this topic so that so that women start to go, I'm not alone. And also, you know, that that's not perfection. You know, like people thought, you know, I was the same as you. People thought my life was all perfect for years and I had all the same symptoms as you. And it's just pulling back that curtain and going, no, this is the reality. This is what we're actually struggling with. And that's why like these podcasts and stuff are so good as well, because like none of my immediate friends, like they're all so beautiful and I love them to death, but none of them were going through what I was. Um, so it's it, like when I found you through your podcast, I was like, wow, there's actually someone else who's been through it. Like I'm not the only one yeah. who gets it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you heard it and came across that because honestly, I, I had to start it because I didn't know anyone when I was going through it. I was like, I'm literally, everyone thinks I'm the biggest hypochondriac, whatever the word is. They think I'm just this person who's always, you know, got to try and be healthy and skipping meals and doing these things. Like, you don't understand. I've got all these gut issues. Like if, if someone hasn't been through it, it's really hard for them to resonate and to know how that feels. Yeah. And that's what happens in like all the GPs and everything you see. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so you do have, for anyone listening, she does have an Instagram profile coming up at some point, um, home cooked plants underscore. Is that going to be your little personal wellness something profile? Where are you heading with that? Well, basically, I just love cooking and creating meals and I put them on my Instagram all the time. Um, and people always just ask me for the recipes. So I thought I may as well just start posting them in my own blog and like just link the recipes at the bottom. And I've also just started studying nutrition after my journey. Hey, how do you have time? Well, I finally moved to a slower town. So I've got time and I'm only doing one subject. So yes, amazing. Um, but yes, that's my little page there. Awesome. Cool. I will link that in. I will tag you in it. But thanks again for jumping on, for having a chat. You're you're a pleasure to have around and I love working with you and I'm excited for the next couple months. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And for opening up and sharing your story because that's not an easy thing to do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.